0: Hey friends, welcome back to another discovery call. I am so excited for this episode. You are going to meet Amber Gluss, who is one of my personal favorite people ever. And I am just so excited for you to get to know her and hear what she's all about. She is transitioning a bit into a new phase of her business and it's really all about helping businesses strategize their marketing and their systems. And trust me, this is her sweet spot. So without further ado, let's listen to this episode about... Amber Glass and how she can come alongside your business and help you level up and take care of all that minutiae. All right, let's go. Welcome to Discovery Call podcast, where we are all about connecting business owners with their next person to meet their outsourcing needs. Business owners, I know it can be hard to find that right person when you are ready to outsource your business. So come here, listen in a discovery call, get to know someone and find your next person even faster but service providers, this podcast is for you too. We get to cheer each other on, learn from each other, and honestly grow our network even more. So everyone tune in because I know you are ready to finally level up your business and this is the place that will help you do so. Well, Amber, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell our guests a little about you, where you're from
1: and what you do? Yes. Well, thank you, Danny, so much for having me. Um, it's a joy to get to come back and, and speak with you. So I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so my name is Amber Glass. I'm originally from Colorado and a little bit about who I am in a nutshell is I'm a details person. Uh, I love taking care of details. I love making lists. I'm the type of person who literally makes the grocery list and organizes it by the aisles that you would walk through. I mean, because doesn't that just make sense? <laughs> it saves time. Um, and then when I'm ordering online, <laughs> I can go right through all the stuff, and I know exactly like what to put together, what to group together. So that's me. Um, I love those kind of details and organizing things. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Um, I'm a wife to a wonderful man. And his name is Jeremy. And he and I right now are traveling across the country, which is kind of a fun little fact. Uh, we've been traveling for the last nine months in our RV. And we're on our last couple months of that. Uh, we're going to be buying a home soon. And then as far as what I do, I'm kind of changing my business right now. And so I'm in the middle of this huge rebrand. And uh, I'm doing marketing and operational management for small to mid-sized businesses. So um, basically, I provide business operations and marketing strategy to businesses who need some help with kind of streamlining their services I like to say I'm the expert that makes your business run like clockwork. So if you find yourself needing to kind of really get cohesiveness and streamlined in your business around your operations um, and your brand message, that would be the type of stuff that I would do. So that is awesome. So you mentioned that you're pivoting. So what have you been doing for the past few decades? Yeah. So um, for the last 20 years, I've been kind of in a mix between entrepreneurship and employee. I started my business because 20 years ago, (laughs) which is kind of funny to say when I graduated from college, I found this kind of oxymoron that a lot of people find where you can't get experience without having a job, but you can't get the job without experience. And so I've always kind of been this self-starter and I'm like, well, I'll just start my own Job so that I can have the experience. So that's what I did. I started my own company and I started going to people I knew. And at the time, I was fresh out of college with a journalism degree and a political science degree. And my goal was to be the press secretary of the White House. <laughs> so, you know, dream big, right? <laughs> um, and so I had always had a love for politics. I grew up with a mother who was involved in various campaigns. And so I had a network. And so I went to that network and said, hey, here's what I know how to do. I need a job. And so I got hired on using my own company and being an independent contractor to work on political campaigns. And that kind of catapulted me into uh, eventually working for a United States congressman and a lieutenant governor in Colorado. And then um, I got picked up by a national brand, uh, United Country Real Estate. It's a national franchise brand. And for 15 years, I worked for that company as an employee. And I managed their sales operations. And so I was kind of the right hand person to help manage the sales team nationally and the day to day operations. And then I also helped with how to create a marketing and messaging strategy that would increase the sales for the sales team and generate more leads for their team. And so over the course of that 20 years, I've always kind of been in this like marketing operations, copywriting industry. And I decided it was time for me to go out again on my own. I left um, that company more out of the need to just fulfill this role of kind of doing my own business again. I'm I'm in my 40s, and I kind of figured now's the time. Like I'm still young enough, I have the energy, and so um, I left that company and went back to my own business. And I started with copywriting. I feel like it was because I've always had a joy in writing. I love writing. And I love telling other people's stories and finding a way to really tell that story in a way that makes them feel like they were seen. And so I I took on copywriting because it was a skill I could put a name and a a price to for a business. And that made sense to me. And And I enjoyed it. However, I felt this constant need of like, something's just quite not quite right. And I need something else. So um, as you know, I took a couple months off recently and really spent some time doing personal development and analyzing what was missing. And what I realized was through the last 20 years and every job that I've had, I've been in more of a operational management role. And sometimes that relates to streamlining and creating processes and planning. Other times it's been in the overall marketing and brand strategy. And so now what I'm doing is kind of pivoting back into that, kind of getting back to my roots. And so now I'm offering that to other business owners where I can come in and kind of help usually deal with the details that a lot of CEOs don't tend to like. They like to be the visionaries. And I'm the type of person that will come in and take that vision and build them a plan to make that a reality. And so I feel like I've kind of really found the right fit, Um, kind of like a good good pair of jeans when you put them on and you just know they're the right one.
0: Yes. And I remember watching you kind of go through this process, right? These few months you've been taking off and, and you've been working on pivoting. And, We connected actually through your podcast over copywriting. And when I first met with you, it became very clear that you genuinely cared to see other businesses take off and run smoothly. But even before we even started talking about copy, we first really unpacked all the systems that I needed in place before you even took on that first client to make sure things are just in place. And so when I
1: heard about your pivot, I was like, yes, this makes sense. Yes, well, thank you. I appreciate that feedback. It's it also comes from experience. For those of you listening who are service providers, man, do I know the feeling when you're like you're trying to do it all, right? Because everybody says jump before you're ready. That you get to a point where you just have to. And while I think that's true, I also think that if you're the type of person who likes to have a plan, likes to have things set up, and it, because it makes you feel less stressed, if you're like raising your hand, going, "Yeah, that's me." then jumping before you're ready for you might include jumping, but first putting a few processes in place to make yourself feel a little bit better. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what I had to realize. And that's why I tell a lot of people who want to start their business that having a, having a system to send your invoices out is super important before you actually have a client so that you're not flustered trying to get an invoice ready and deciding what Platform you're going to use for your billing before you have a customer, right? Because here's the thing if you're figuring out your invoicing platform and you're still trying to, to figure out your website platform and you don't have a contract yet to send a client, that's going to reflect how you do business to them and it's their first impression of you. So while I believe that there's a balance between jump before you're ready and get everything in place. You really have to have some basic things if you're the type of person like I am that really likes to feel like I've, I've at least got the basics. Now, for those of you who like to operate kind of last minute, and that's okay, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're the person who likes to have a plan like me, then I definitely recommend with starting with your systems. Um, and so, Danny, as you know, that's, that's kind of what I would teach people is think about those things because otherwise it gives a bad impression to your customers.
0: Exactly. And so you come along businesses and really help them in so many ways. So can you tell me what is your ideal client? Who are the people, the business owners that are ready to really work with you and take you on and have you help them out?
1: Yes. So while I love solopreneurs, you are not my people for this business. And sometimes that hurts my heart to say (laughs) because um, I really was working with a lot of solopreneurs with the copywriting. Um, However, for where I'm going with my business, the services that I provide really are a better fit for small to mid-sized companies, especially companies who have an internal sales team of, of at least one to two people and also have like a marketing and administrative role already hired in their business. Now, for those who are solopreneurs, where I would typically help somebody like that is more on a consulting basis to come in and say, here's the type of systems that you should have in your business and give some consultation around the overall brand strategy and messaging strategy. Really the the heart of what I do is set up to help a small to mid-sized business who already kind of has a team. That team can be employees or independent contractors, but really they need to have a marketing person who's implementing things and they really need to have an administrative person already hired and ideally a couple of salespeople helping them with the sales in their business. Where I really shine is helping a business figure out how they can increase their sales and scale their current business. So if you're not ready to do that, then I am probably not a good fit for you. Um, but I look forward to helping more solopreneurs in the future. Uh, right now, because I'm getting started, I have to really focus in on you know who I'm who I really feel like I can help the most, and my skills really are better suited for a company that's kind of got a team around them.
0: All right, Excellent. so you're really about helping that medium-sized business that is ready to scale up and level up, and what are the problems, like specific problems that you come along and you help these businesses solve? I know we kind of unpacked that a bit, but could you just kind of explore that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So Danny, as you know, I'm a huge Donald Miller fan. <laughs> so um, I'm a certified story brand marketing guide. And for those who might be listening that don't know what story brand is, story brand is a marketing and messaging framework created by Donald Miller. And I highly recommend that you go Google him um, and read everything that he writes because <laughs> he's fabulous. And so Donald Miller likes to say, the problem you solve is often the enemy of your customer. It's the roadblock that your customer faces. And when you come in to solve that problem, it transforms your customer to do what they were meant to do. So thinking in that context, really the, the enemy for my customer is typically minutia it's the details that they are drowning in that they hate dealing with they hate figuring out how to streamline their processes they hate figuring out how to get more cohesion between the departments in their in their business or between their independent contractors that they've hired in their business they hate having to deal with the fires that they put out every day with figuring out what is the best out of all of these social media options why am I spending money on all these things? And I'm not even sure it's working, but I keep throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, It's all of the details that they typically don't like dealing with because if they're dealing in those details and all that minutia, they don't have time to be the visionary and the CEO of their own business. A lot of times that CEO also, once you've gotten to the point where you've hired a sales team and a marketing team and some administrative staff, a lot of times they don't want to be the ones who are constantly putting on the hat of each department to make sure that that department is operating well, but they often feel like, well, if it's not me, who's it going to be? Because nobody else understands how all of this works in my business. And so I typically am coming in as a problem solver, for all of that minutia, and releasing the CEO of those details so that they can go be the visionary and scale their, their business, because now their business is running like clockwork. There's cohesion in their departments. They've got somebody who understands how to come in and streamline all of their systems. And they've got somebody at a strategic level who can really help them understand how to take the vision they have and put it into process, put it into marketing that works and that is specific to their business. So really what I do is come in and solve that problem of minutiae so that they don't have to deal in those details anymore.
0: And for the most part, would you say that you kind of come in, you get to know the business, and then you kind of really help them implement these systems. But from there, do you just continue to maintain these systems, kind of become their right hand person? Or is it more just project
1: based, like you're set up, you're good to go? How does that kind of work for your business? Yeah. So there's usually three, one of three ways that people would work with me. And one of them would really be a project basis. So if you're a company that, you know, you kind of know you need some help, but you can't quite put your finger on what, like, you know, you've got the chops to grow, but you're like, I just can't figure out why I can't get there. And I need the help of somebody to come in and look at all of this and really, really just analyze top to bottom and give like a recommendation of here's how we can get you to the next level and really take care of making that happen. But you don't really need somebody in your business all the time. Once that's finished, that would be more of a project basis where I would come in and and set those things up. And then you're off and running. Um, now oftentimes the second way that people would work with me then is consulting. And sometimes once we've set up a project for you, we've gone through and really gotten your business running like clockwork. You may find that you need help here and there with just like, hey, we've got this new department we're creating, or we're working on an event, or we're going to make some new initiatives that we need some messaging around or something like that's happening. You may bring me back in just on a consulting basis to say like, look, here's here's how the best thing for, for you to do to set this up and really streamline this and make it successful, Sometimes there's a business who may just need that on the onset. They just need a consultant to come in and help guide them with what to do because they've already got all the pieces in their company. They just need a little extra help. Um, so a consulting role would be best for them as well. The third way then that people work with me is on a retainer be, uh, director of operations fractional retainer role. So a lot of times people have heard of hiring a fractional CFO for your business. It's the same idea to hire a fractional director of operations, is where you have that person like me who can come in and really be a partner that's there all the time, helping manage those moving parts of your business. And that person is not a full time employee, but they're an independent contractor that you have on retainers so that you know that person is managing all of the personnel and the moving parts in your business at all times. So, a project basis, a consulting basis, or a fractional director of operations those tend to be the three ways that people would, would utilize my services. So that is perfect.
0: I really love that you have something for everyone. It really, it just really depends on your needs. So that is awesome. Yes, exactly. Okay. So we were talking before we started recording that you have a list of essentials to increase sales in your business. So would you be able to unpack that for us? What is this list? How can businesses increase their sales?
1: Yeah, so while my clients tend to be those small to mid-sized companies, these ten things really for any business are essential to increasing your sales. And so um, I talk a lot about the essentials to increase sales over the last month. And I found it sometimes wasn't always hitting right because businesses are like, "Well, I don't know that I need to increase my sales right now." Like some businesses right now, because the last couple years with so many businesses growing online, they're kind of like. I just need to maintain, right? Like some businesses are like, I just need to maintain. I don't need to increase. And this is for you as well, if you're in that boat, because these things are mistakes you could also be making that would hurt your sales. So whether you need to grow or you just want to maintain small business, large business, these 10 things will help you in your business. Um, Soon I'm going to have these as a downloadable document on my website and just full disclosure, I don't have them yet um, because I've been working on my rebrand, but in the next month they will be on my website too. Um, And so the first is having a presentation that's more about you and your brand than the transformation that your customer gets with working with you is a huge hindrance to your sales. If I'm a customer and you give me a presentation about what services you provide, in the beginning, like third to half of the presentation is about who you are, what your expertise is, why you're the right choice for me to work with you, folks, please hear my heart. I love you and I love your business. But if that's what you're doing, you're, you're going to hurt your sales. You need to flip your presentation around and first talk more about your customer and what transformation your customer gets with working with you before you ever start talking about your brand. And again, this is this is Donald Miller's brilliance, not my own. I learned this from being a guide in StoryBrand. And Donald Miller gives a perfect example for this. And so I prefer to use his example because it, it really is the best one. Donald Miller talks about the fact that if your grandmother started your cupcake business And she ran it out of your kitchen for 30 years before you took over the business. And when you took the business over, you started using um, all organic products and you really started to find that the organic products, you know, helped people lose uh, 15 pounds because it helped with gluten. Like I'm clearly, I'm not a baker. I'm totally making this up. But if you found your mind starting to wander when I said that, it's because it wasn't about you. It's because it was about the company and the brand. But when you have a presentation that talks about the transformation first that your customer gets, now they're engaged and now they're ready to listen. So that's the first thing is having a presentation needs to be more about your customer and the transformation that it is about you and the history of your brand. The second thing is if you don't have a pipeline that monitors where your leads are coming in from and which leads are converting. You could potentially be spending money on things that aren't helping your business. So you need to have some kind of a pipeline. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can be an Excel spreadsheet, but it needs to be able to tell you where your leads are coming from and which of those leads are converting. So if you've got a ton of leads coming from Instagram, but none of them are converting and you've got two a week coming from your email marketing, but both of them are converting, that tells you you need to spend more money on your email marketing than you do spending time on Instagram. And so you need to have a pipeline that can monitor and and tell you what is converting, not just what leads are coming in the door. The third thing is having a follow-up program to communicate to both leads that are coming in and customers that did convert. Sometimes we do a really good job of communicating to our leads because we want those sales. And then we don't have as good of a follow-up program to stay in good communication with our existing customers. And if you're not asking those existing customers at least once a month how things are going with working with your business, you could potentially be losing customers soon. And if you get on top of it now and you have a communication to stay in touch with them and really get feedback, you can save yourself having better customer retention over the long run. Uh, The fourth thing is if you're not creating content, that could be a huge mistake that's hurting your sales. Creating content can be Written in the form of a blog. It could be audio like this kind of podcast. It could be video on YouTube. And I always like to throw Clubhouse into the content mix too. Clubhouse um, is a really good way to be creating content. The the good thing about creating content is it helps your customers get to know your brand. And so, especially if you have a sales team, friends, the best thing you can do for your sales team is to have some kind of content you're creating on a weekly basis that if a customer is working with a salesperson and they're not quite ready to come to the buying table yet, you can be dripping the no like, and trust factor through content weekly that helps your sales team keep their pipeline active. So if you've got a salesperson who travels every week, they can't usually touch a customer more than once a week. But if you've got content that's dripping, that that customer could potentially hear from your company three or four times a week without you having to have that salesperson always in front of them. So creating content is a really good way to increase your sales. Um, The next thing is if you don't have support staff helping your sales team. Um, Support staff can be independent contractors. It can sometimes, for those of us who have larger teams, um, can be administrative help. And support staff oftentimes will take some of the burden off of your sales team. Um, Things like creating presentations, doing follow-up, online marketing. That your sales team sometimes isn't good at, and sometimes they just don't enjoy it. Oftentimes, salespeople tend to be good at, you know, sales, <laughs> at actually sitting in front of people and closing the deal. Um, and having a support staff who can come alongside them and help with the details they're often not good at can really accelerate the amount of sales that your sales team can make. Um, the next thing is training your sales team on how to promote their themselves as part of your brand. Um, Number seven is not creating a referral program. If you don't have a referral program for your existing customers to give you referrals, um, that could also be hurting your sales. Uh, Next is an onboarding program, having a really good onboarding program that creates a first first impression that's really good. Um, And then the last two, marketing that's simple and clear about what you do for your customer and a company culture that really exemplifies what your company stands for and helps your employees become some of your best sales assets. Um, so it's kind of a long list. It's 10 things that um, are really important. And like I said, soon that'll be on my website for people to download as well. All right. Perfect. So when
0: you get that all set, let me know I can throw those into the show notes so that people come along and find this later on, they can get that handout. That is perfect. And I really love the fact that this really showcases all the ways in which you can come alongside a business and really help them grow and level up. And I also love the fact that you talked about how if you have people on your team and there's just things they're just not good at, right? Instead Mm -hmm. of just kind of harping on them to not drop the ball in this area, how about just come alongside and find support staff? And maybe not even staff, but you can find contractors that can come alongside and take care of those loose ends that is just not, They're a strong suit. And I just really love that you bring that into that.
1: Yes. If there's somebody out there who has a sales team and you're struggling to figure out why your team isn't producing more, hiring administrative help for them is one of the best things you can do. It really is. Um, Sometimes we feel like we throw salespeople into these scenarios where we're like, okay, Go make a sale, but then also you're responsible for all of your follow up. You're responsible for your own marketing, your own, you know, drip marketing to them by email. Create all your own presentations, uh, and and these salespeople oftentimes are still traveling. Depending on the company, you know, they may be doing some stuff virtually, but then they might also be traveling. And salespeople tend to have a very different skill set than somebody like myself who is administrative, or somebody like yourself who's more administrative, who can really take care of a lot of these details. And having a salesperson matched with an administrative person is the number one way that you can make your salespeople more productive.
0: Yes, you said that perfectly. <laughs> Perfect. So let's say someone is listening in and they want to reach out to you. Where can they find you online? Now, I know you're in the middle of a rebrand. so, But where can they really reach out to you and kind of get this conversation started and maybe work together?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, when I talked about like the jump before you're ready and having certain things in place, can I just tell you my anxiety right now is like through the roof with the rebrand because I do, I am totally in limbo. I have a website, but it's not updated yet. I'm talking to potential clients and I, like, so it's, please just give me some grace. Um, my website is amberglass.com. And it will remain that. So as those changes are implemented, the the actual URL will not change. So really, the best place to find updates, um, get those ten things that will help you with your sales soon. That's all going to be on Amberglass.com. Um, truthfully, on a personal level, I'm on Instagram the most, and it's just Amberglass on Instagram. But when I say the most, I put like quotes around that because friends, social media is not my favorite thing. And so I'm on there like randomly, but that is the best place to find me on more of a personal level. As far as business, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, is really my focus right now, given, you know, who my clients are going to be. And so that's probably the best place. If you want to learn more about like the content that I give. Um, I've got some really great podcast episodes coming out in February. Mine's been on a break, but my podcast was the School of Copy and Messaging, and it has recently changed to Business Operations Simplified. And so um, those episodes will be coming out in February. And really for service-based businesses too, if you're a service provider, I think you'll find some value in there on how to set up systems that will help your business run better, how to create those relationships with your own clients and really accelerate your own business. Um, and then if you're somebody looking, you know, to hire a director of operations, that's a really great way to almost interview me without interviewing me. If you're just curious, you know, what I am about and some of the the knowledge that I have, that's on the, the Business Operations Simplified podcast.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I am excited for the rebranding of your podcast because there's one thing I do know for sure is that you give excellent content in your podcast. So I, when I listened to your previous podcast and it was about copywriting, you gave the why and the what, but you also gave the how. So I was able to really take what I learned from you and hit the ground running with it. And that is invaluable. So everyone listen to her podcast. She is awesome. And I'm here for it. Thank
1: you. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) So this is one of the harder questions I asked my guest, but what are you learning right now?
1: Yeah, this was hard for me, Danny. as I told you, when we were kind of chatting, um, One of the things about me is I'm generally reading like six books at a time and it drives my husband absolutely batty. Um, And so I I had a hard time picking, but um, I am always learning and my top priority right now is a new certification. Given my rebrands that we talked about, I'm working on um, in quarter one, becoming a director of operations, an actual certified director of operations, which is a huge undertaking. So that's my priority in quarter one. And then on a personal level, I'm learning about how to invest wisely. There are so many options today as business owners for how we can make money. And I think, thank goodness, right? (laughs) Because that's why we're all here is to own a business and make money. Um, And so I feel like the resources for that are, are just very plentiful. And that's so great. But then I think what's happening as business owners, as we start to make more money, then we really have to be smart about how we grow that money for our future, because as business owners, we don't have things like pensions. And, you know, we we have to be careful that we're saving enough money for our futures. And we know how to save money for taxes and how to make sure that we're, you know, don't get me wrong, folks, I'm all for paying my fair amount of taxes. But I, I'm very much a proponent of learning how I can make that amount as less as possible in the Uh, most legal way. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Uh, So I'm learning about those things right now, uh, which is kind of foreign to me. I'm not somebody who comes by that information naturally. And so it's been fun though, to kind of learn the different ways that you can invest and grow money. And can I, can I just be weird? And so that I'm almost kind of enjoying learning the tax stuff because it's so interesting that, you know, there's things out there you didn't even know about. That can save you money on taxes. So um, at some point, I may share some of that information, just like the resources I found um, on my podcast. Uh, I'm not at a place where I feel comfortable yet doing that because I'm still vetting a lot of it. And I want to make sure I'm recommending things that were uh, worth the time. But um, it's been a fun journey to learn about it. That is so funny that
0: you mentioned that because really in the last two weeks, I have been thinking more about finances and all that stuff because I've been helping out someone with their podcast and that's kind of what they talk about. And I just, that's just so funny because I've been really challenging myself to think more long-term with my finances um, and realizing that I've been really having a short-term mindset. And so it's just really cool. And you're definitely further along than me, but that is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, just the fact that you're thinking about it, in my opinion, those of us, like, it's a, it's eye-opening, right? It really is. And so for those of you who own a business, like, it's really worth starting to look into. Here's here's the thing I learned, and I'm totally not going to get the quote right. I don't know who said it. I apologize. But there was a quote that I read that said, the best time to invest was yesterday, but the next best time is today. And I will admit that I'm somebody that kind of felt like I'm am entering this a little late in the game as a business owner. Oh, good. Um, but truly what I've learned is I'm not that as far behind as I thought I was. And really there's no better time than the present to start learning it.
0: I really like that quote though. That is really good. How, yes, yesterday was a great day to start investing, but today or tomorrow works just as well. So I'm going to tuck that away and remember that. But hey, Amber, it was so awesome having you here today. I just wanted to let you know, and I don't know if i told you this before, but your approach to how you have run your business and particularly how you manage your podcast and how you are just so generous with everyone around you. And I remember listening to your podcast and one of your episodes you mentioned. And if you want to talk about this more, please book a the 30 minute free call with me. And I remember thinking, I think she's serious. Like I know I'm not her ideal client. Like I have no money to give her, but she said I could reach out. So I did. And I never regret that. That was so awesome. And just the fact that you have created and cultivated that sense that I am here and you can talk to me and you can reach out to me. And I have really really took that on as something that I want to emulate and I just thank you. Thank you so much. It's really an honor to have you here.
1: Well, thank you Danny. I, I really appreciate that. I think in today's business world, there there are so many people we can learn from. And I and I don't take it lightly when people choose to spend their time listening to me and to hear somebody say that they think they can learn something from me is incredibly flattering and I'm so so happy to hear that that was the case for you. I am somebody who I just believe that you can get more out of really making sure other people grow. I had a mentor once who told me, when you raise people up, you naturally go with them. And if you push people down, you naturally go with them. And I've never forgotten that. And so my goal is to provide content that you can do on your own if you want to. You absolutely should. If you've got the capacity and you're a business owner who can do it on your own, you should. But if you are looking to hire somebody and looking to have a friend in the business, then I want to make sure I'm that friend who you can actually get in touch with. And I think that today, so much of business has become, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go on a little bit of a rant. If you want to edit this out, you just can. <laughs> oh, you are fine. These are
0: perfect. Go for it.
1: I think today, online business has gotten wrapped up in this mindset thing that keeps happening with... Um, you have to do something that you can scale. And if that includes you personally doing something, scaling isn't going to happen. Like that kind of seems to be the mentality that I saw getting started. And so, for example, um, you know, answering your own Instagram messages, people say, will say, well, you, you can't scale that. So don't start doing it. Or don't let people contact you on Boxer because you can't scale that. And you know what? They're probably right that that can't be scaled. But the business I want to build involves having those things as elements, because I actually think that the business that I want to build is only going to scale if I build those relationships. And so more power to those people who don't want to do it. There's no right or wrong, but in my business, if you can't get a hold of me, then I don't know how in the world you would trust me to do business with you. And so I am more than happy to have people contact me on Instagram and ask questions um, about me or my business or how I can help them. I am more than happy to have you contact me on Boxer. I'm Amber Glass on Boxer. Um, you can email me right off my website. It's hello at com, And I'm happy to have people do that, whether it's you're learning your own business and you have some questions and you wanna ask somebody who you think might wanna help, or you're a customer who wants to make sure the person you're about to hire to work in your business actually has a heart for the business itself. And that means a lot to me. So I'm glad that you felt that. And I really appreciate that. Um, you know, if we're not here to help each other, what are we here for?
0: I know, right? Like, this is what we are here for. We're here to connect with people and build those relationships. And you were just that first breath of fresh air where I was like, that's it. That is what I want to do. That is how I want to do this thing. And man, (laughs) it was just perfect. So
1: thank you. Well, it's funny when people, and I don't remember if this was the case with you truthfully, but A lot of times when people reach out to me on Boxer or on Instagram, the first thing they do is apologize, which I think is really interesting. They say, I'm sorry for bothering you. I just had this quick question. And one of the things I say in my responses is, please don't apologize. I'm here publicly so that you can contact me. If I didn't want you to contact me, I wouldn't have the ability for you to do so on Instagram or, you know, right off my website um, or, or offer Boxer. I want you to contact me and ask me questions. That is my business model. And I think it's interesting that oftentimes people feel shy about that because they feel like, I'm not sure if I should, you know, reach out and ask this question. I'm not paying this person. I believe the only way you are going to eventually become a customer is if you get to know me.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. That is awesome. So thank you so much for coming on to this podcast today. Yes. And I hope my listeners find you connect with you. And those who are thinking I really need Amber in my life right now to help me out, that they reach out to you and that you just continue to grow your business. And I am so excited for you.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for having me. I know how hard it is to maintain a podcast and create that content. So I appreciate you having me and taking the time to do the interview.
0: All right. I just loved our time together with Amber and I was so excited to have her on this podcast. As you could tell, she has had a big impact on how I go about my own podcasting. You kind of can hear that interwoven throughout, but She's kind of my person I went to when I have a crazy new business idea. And I'm like, hey, how about this? Do you think this would work? And this podcast is one of those. I remember just coming to her and asking, I have this idea for a podcast and I just need someone who is in the podcast world to tell me, does this work? Would this work? <laughs> so she was like, yes, go for it. And so it was just kind of a full circle moment for me. And I was so happy to talk to Amber. But also I want everyone on LinkedIn to just kind of flood into her little network. So, if you're on LinkedIn, obviously, you know, share this and spread the word, but can you just reach out to Amber and network and connect with her and maybe like find people that need her services? She is really in the process of trying to get into LinkedIn a bit. I'm a few steps ahead of her, and I think it would just be so awesome to kind of have this be her debut into LinkedIn. Like, hey, welcome. Here's your network. So let's do this. All right. I know you can do it. So find Amber Gless, connect with her and spread the word about her business. And that is just what we do here. So you know what to do. And on the other note, thank you so much for tuning into Discovery Call week in and week out. And remember, if you want to start a podcast, I love talking podcast. I love talking everything podcast, and I would love to talk to you. So there are the 30-minute strategy calls where I will sit down and just kind of unpack what you are thinking about, give you some direction, and you kind of have what you need to take running, or also the opportunity to walk alongside you and add more support and managerial support. I think I said support twice there, but you get the point. (laughs) I support you. All right. So either way, do what you do. Share this episode with your people. And I will see you next week for another discovery call.